Now it's my pleasure to welcome Charlotte to Major League Soccer as our 30th team. And now your new owner, David Tepper. Charlotte. You ready to party? Please join me in welcoming Charlotte Football Club's first head coach, Miguel Angel Ramirez. Buenos dias. In the 2022 MLS Super Draft, presented by Adidas, Charlotte FC selects from the University of Maryland and Generation Adidas, Ben Bender. Well, we have a super interesting guest here today because he is an artist. He is somebody you've probably seen his work, but not necessarily talk to him or know how he gets going and all this stuff. But uh, it's Adam Phillips. He's uh, his artwork is is definitely already famous here with the Charlotte FC crowd, and I know they do some some nice giveaways with the CLT uh, FC fan TV, right? Yeah, that's and, right. Um, yeah, and um, so it's just getting them out there, but also just, you know, I want to find out your your story of how this came about. So tell us a little bit about your your interest in artwork around Charlotte FC. And for those people who can't see, because we're not necessarily always going right. to show the video, sure. he's got Panther stuff behind him too. I so do, not I just do. In, in one aspect. So just right. tell me how your interest started with this. Sure, absolutely. Well, first off, Nick, thanks so much for reaching out. Um, I, I really appreciate uh, you giving me this opportunity. It's uh, uh, it's it's just cool to to be a part of um, you know this inaugural season and and just get to be um, you know uh, just part of this family of of Charlotte FC. So it's it's a lot of fun. You know, artwork has always been uh, an interest of mine. Um, long as I can remember, my parents were really good about exposing uh, myself and my siblings uh, to the arts really young. We would go to museums or we go to theater uh, plays. We would uh, go to exhibits and things like that. And so I've always kind of had a, a creative bug. I just never really knew the right way to express it. Um, you know, I went to college uh, for a degree in, uh, in education. I worked in engineering for a period of time. I taught for a period of time. Uh, and now I work in IT, which is uh, seemingly so completely uh, removed from, from doing anything artistic. But in my spare time and my off time, I've always had that desire to, to, to build or make or do or create. It's just always kind of been that urge. And I've tinkered in a lot of areas. I, I did woodworking for a period of time. I've done artwork in different mediums. I do uh, some, you know, graphical arts, digital arts, and um, and all that's fun. And I, I enjoyed all of that. Um, when I was in college, I got into spray painting, and um, there was what at NC State. There's this uh, this famous tunnel that goes under the train tracks. It's called the Free Expression Tunnel, and they basically decided years and years ago to give up and say, all right, the kids are going to spray paint it. So we might as well just let them. And so it was a perfectly, so I had, I'd go out at God only knows when in the morning and go, go paint and stuff like that. And it, it, it always, you know, something I enjoyed, something that was kind of a neat thing to do. And then fast forward uh, a million years since college was a million years ago and uh, COVID hit. And um, you know, I'm, I'm still working out of the home, but you know, other than that, it's really not a lot going on. And, you know, this is right after the time that, you know, Charlotte FC had been announced and logos and the colors and all that stuff was starting to, to come out. And I thought, man, um, you know, I'd love to do something creative again. So I 
went to Lowe's and, and bought a couple of cheap cans of spray paint and uh, some small canvases at Michael's and, and said, yeah, let me, let me tinker with a few things. And I just started sort of grinding. And once I started doing it, I was painting every day and I was trying to come up with new designs. And, and then, you know, I kind of found that niche where I, I do a lot of different artwork. I mean, if you could see the walls in my, in my gallery, I've got stuff from a million different subjects, but, you know, being a, a season ticket holder, being a, a lifelong soccer fan, a Charlotte native. It, it was really cool to, to really be able to find this, uh, this area that really seemed to resonate uh, with me and, and seems to resonate with the fans. Cool. Just notice from your, from your work, it's, it's a combination. So it's not just, you're not just spray painting. You're also doing like stenciling and things behind it because it is so detailed and yeah. almost like exact. It's almost like you, you know, sometimes, you know, when people's artwork is like, magnificent is like you're like wait did they take a picture or did they really create that like it's so good thank so, you thank you um, yeah it um the the process you know i um you've probably heard of a cricket before it's like a, a cutter that uh a lot of people use for things yeah. like oh i'm gonna make t-shirts or tumblers right. or what have you yeah right and and so i had one of those that somebody had given me or something and i started tinkering with it i had made a couple t-shirts and during COVID, i made some masks with like a logo on or i don't know just something silly right and then i thought to myself well i could cut stencils on that so i started kind of all right play with that idea and then i thought all right how do i layer that how do i color that and and those things are, you know, they're only cut out these little 12 by 12. So anytime I had a large canvas, I was doing 35 stencils per painting and I was oh, yeah. having to, to go through it. It was a really extensive process, but you know, you just get into it and, and it's just something you get that vision and, and you just start to love it. So when you're designing the, for instance, like the stencils or any other stuff, sure. are you physically drawing it out or are you doing it digitally drawing it like what no, is thankfully, your... that's where my digital arts kind of uh you know has come into play I'll, I'll find photos and then i'll bring them into illustrator and photoshop and edit um try to simplify with without losing that detail just like you're saying that's one of the hardest parts is what do you take away and still be able to see what you're trying to see you know i think it's great that art is interpretive, but when you're you're trying to do a portrait, you need to be able to look at it and know, hey, that's Guzman Carujo, that's, you know, Christian Kalina, that's, you need to be able to make that immediate association. Right. So it was a balance of trying to find, is this too much detail, too little detail, um, and editing the that stuff in the programs appropriately, and then breaking it out into fewer colors, right? Because obviously right. start out with a million colors, and so I... Right. I try to break it down into less that, again, doesn't take away too much detail, still shows the depth that, that I'd like to see. And then as far as with your painting, I'm sure mm -hmm. you, you have just, you mix your own colors and use your and, own yep. sprayers. And so you can get exact kind of Absolutely. colors or whatever um, you need. Yeah, I, I, uh, I use um, the spray paint that I use. It's, it's literally just, just cans. Um, yeah. But it's, it's not your off-the-shelf stuff from Lowe's. Uh, I, there's a, a great art shop in downtown. Um, I, I'll plug them, uh, Cheap Joe's Art Supplies in downtown off Remount. Right. They're fantastic. And I think they sell somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 colors when it comes to paint. And so what I did was I went in there with my Charlotte FC kits, trying to match colors and walking yeah. around and, and, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, it's, um, it's a lot of fun to, to play with the gradients and play with. And honestly, that's one of the most uh, enjoyable parts for me is coming up with a different background each time. You know, it's yes. the, the subject is usually fairly 
uh, cut and dry, but the background, you want to bring life to it, but you don't want it to be over overbearing. You don't want it to take away from the subject. So that's, but that's one of the areas where I get to just sort of play. Yeah. It feels like the background really is what sets the mood. Like exactly. if you choose a lighter background or a shading that's different on one side or kind of the smoky look, I mean, that's, that's going to set the whole mood of what you're doing. And it could totally change from, from what the original picture or thing you're using. Absolutely. hundred percent. 100%. In fact, I'm working on uh, the piece I've currently got behind me over there, which is it just got the first layer done, is um, from this past weekend of, of Bronico, um, yeah. you know, doing his his Superman grab. And, and yeah. I, I was like, all right, how do I, you know, how do I give that a kind of a, a almost superhero-esque vibe off the background um, that, again, doesn't take away from him in the moment and the goal, but then also kind of accentuates what he was trying to communicate in that moment. Oh, definitely. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a good one to do. Yeah. I, and that's where I was kind of going to ask you next. Like, sure. how do you decide what you're going to do? Like, cause you know, there's certain moments I'm sure, but other times yeah. you're like, what should I make? No, it's a great question. I think when I first started, it was okay. Who's, who's everybody hyping up right now? You know, so Kalina obviously got early, uh, a lot of pro, you know, uh, props early. Um, ben Bender with him coming in in the first season was really exciting. Um, you know, when we signed Swiderski, that was really exciting. So I, I tried to, um, you know, whether it was fan favorites or, or players that I really enjoyed watching. Um, and then once the game started, it was more about, okay, can I find a moment from that match? Was there someone who scored that match or the moment after they scored? I started out doing sort of like the portraits that the team put out and that felt a little I don't know, blah to me. I felt like it was a little, um, uh, I mean, they, they turned out fine and I was perfectly happy with them, but I, I thought for me, it's, it's a lot more fun to do something in motion. Um, yeah. try to capture a moment, uh, in a match versus something that's, you know, staged or, or lined up. Right. Plus people will remember that. Like that's, if that's they're exactly. getting this art, they're putting it up like, Oh, remember when Sergio did this or remember that's when right. Bronico did this, you know? Yeah, I did a piece uh, not too long ago that was actually four canvases wide. It was a really long piece. And it was uh, if we you know, we all know that the team rushes the, the supporter section after a yeah. win. It was that after our first home win. Oh, and nice. so it was really neat to be able to, to again, capture that moment um, and, and try to, uh, you know, solidify it in that moment. So then, OK, so you decide what you want to do, like this sure. Bronico one, you decided what you wanted to do. What is your next step? So, uh, you know, obviously there are a hundred different pictures of that moment. So I'm looking for the one that's got the right uh, perspective, the right ratios for me. And, and I have to be aware of the backgrounds, whether I'm going to try to remove them or if I'm going to try to integrate them. You know, there's certain moments where, you know, I may want to, to see the guys that are in the background of the crowd in the background. There's times I want to remove that. So just looking at the composition, uh, resolution, things of that nature. Um, once I've narrowed all that down, then I bring it into to Photoshop. And I start with um, some basic editing uh, and then break it down into usually somewhere in the neighborhood of four to five colors, which typically is variations of gray. Um, and, and so I usually try to keep on hand, uh, I don't know, probably six to eight shades of gray, um, just so I can, again, it's all about building depth. Right. Then I move it over to Illustrator, do some additional editing, bring it back over. And then once I've gotten to that point, I create the stencils individually. So I'll isolate each color uh, and that'll layer. create the stencil. Right. Yep, exactly. And then you just print that layer on the Yeah, uh, here, I'll, uh, I would sh I'll show you. But basically, yeah, I've got a, I now have a wide bed cutter. It's a 24 inch wide uh, cutter and it, it physically cuts the 
uh, what well, it scores, I guess I should say right. that material. And then uh, once those are done, then I go through and I weed out the, basically you, you remove the material where you want the paint to live. Right. Right. And one of the things that's sort of interesting is because the stencils are adhesive, two things happen, right? One, I can get a lot more detail because the pieces in the center that aren't attached to the outside, you think about a traditional stencil, you cut around the outside and then, you know, it's flexible. Whereas in this case, I transfer it physically onto the canvas right. with an adhesive, um, but they're one-time use. So once I create a piece, that stencil is, is gone. And I can, I always say I can paint the same painting again, but it's never going to look the same. Right. Um, right. Uh, yeah. Do the scoring, do the weeding. And then uh, I, I lay the background down is usually my next step. Just determine, you know, I usually try to base the background on, you know, for instance, when I did Swiderski the first time I did Polish colors, when I did, you know, when I did Bronico the first time I did UNCC colors, or I try to match whatever we were wearing that game. So if we wore our Carolina kits, I do usually a blue and black and white background. And then if we're wearing our mints, I usually do a black and mint. Uh, background. So I do that first. And then, then I start and I go uh, darkest to lightest. So I usually start with my black stencil and then work my way up through the shades of gray up to um, sometimes a really light gray, sometimes white. It just depends on, on the piece and the way I feel like it's going to look best. So how do you align everything? So, you know, that that's a great question. I've tried so many different tactics of, do I uh, put registry marks on it and say, okay, I'll line up, you know, put the same circle on every stencil. But again, because the material is adhesive, it has a little stretch to it. Yeah. So it literally is me and just staring at it as close as I can and, uh, eyeballing, and eyeballing it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And just guessing. And, and again, with it, it'll, I'll sometimes lean a little too far and it'll stick and I'm like, oh crap. Then I've got to try and gently peel it off to not remove any of the previous layers. So that, how long that do you have to be, wait in between layers? You know, if I were a more patient man, it would probably be about 10 or 15 minutes between layers, but sometimes I'm just bang, bang, bang. Um, <laughs> but sometimes that adds a neat feature where it will remove a little bit of the paint, gives it a more weathered look. Right. So, you know, it's kind of the beauty and curse of working in spray paint is that it's not going to be perfect, but I sort of find the beauty in the fact that it's not perfect. Right, right. Uh, that's you know, part of I, art. Itself. Exactly. And and I think that kind of adds sometimes that that additional texture, that additional, I, I, I kind of love that depth that that can create. I, do, you, do you play with different things that you put them on? Uh, so right now I primarily work on canvas. I've, I've done, you know, like a wall, like I just, you know, just for fun and then repainted it because my wife got mad at me. I've done some materials, like I've done flags and things like that. Um, you know, canvas for me is a it's really simple medium that it's easy to transfer. It's easy for people to use, but you know, I'm, I'm always willing to, to try. I had a guy reach out to me one time. He never, I think we, we missed each other in passing, but he wanted me to do the uh, exterior of his PlayStation 5, you know, and stuff like that. So I, the, again, the wonderful thing about spray paint is it pretty much adheres to anything. The, the options are pretty endless. Now, do you have a favorite piece, whether it's Charlotte FC or others? Yeah, it's a great question. I did, I always feel like my favorite piece is the one I just did uh, a lot of times, but um, I have uh, some of that I did of my children that hang in my office at work that I, I love a lot. And then uh, I, I love the opportunity of doing like commission pieces, because for me, it's great to, to climb inside someone else's mind. A guy came over to a match uh, from England, actually. Uh, and he, I met him at the tailgate. He wanted me to combine the Liverpool crest with Charlotte FC and Carolina Panthers. And he wanted it all in one 
one crest. And uh, that was a, a really cool challenge for me. And it turned out really neat, but it was, again, it's it's just unique to, to go at something in a different way and, and approach things in a different way that I wouldn't have considered. And you have to base it on what someone else likes too. It's not like, exactly. I like this, I'm doing this. You have to hundred <laughs> percent, but it's, it's sometimes nice not to have to think, right. Yeah. You know, cause you talk about having to come up, you know, in a week where we lose and, and, you know, not, none of our players really looked specifically stellar that week. You know, it's right. like, how do I continue? So that's when I've done maybe one of the stadium or done one of Minty or something like that. That's a little bit different just to, to keep the process moving. Right. Um, but, uh, but, you know, you, sometimes it's, you know, and that just happens, you know, it's, it's what am I going to do in the off season? Right. It's like, you know, do I keep going backwards? How do I push forwards and, and stuff like that? So, and then do you do once you create it, do you just create multiple items so you can sell them also? So what I typically do is just get prints made. What I do is I do high quality photographs of, of the paintings and then usually get eight by tens. I usually stock eight by tens because they're, they're simple and easy to transport. And then I can pretty much do any size anybody would, would care for. So I, I sell the originals uh, if somebody wants them. And if not, you know, I sell the prints uh, for, you know, a reasonable amount. And, you know, it's just, I, I didn't start this to, it's just, you know, as they say, a side hustle. I didn't start right. it to, to, to replace my job. Uh, you know, hell, if it did one day, that'd be swell. But the reality right. is, is a different way for me to connect to the team and connect to fellow fans. And it's still humbling to know that people, like having my art in their homes and people like uh, that stuff. That That's a, it's super humbling for me that there's some folks, in fact, that live in the neighborhood that have bought, oh my gosh, probably four or five originals from me. And then uh, there's a particular fan who has bought every print that I've ever put out Wow! because his wife gave him one wall in the house <laughs> and it's now covered in, and it's, it's a very humbling and very awesome feeling to know that, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing something that people enjoy and, and able to get something from, and I'm, I'm able to gain so much uh, from the process. That's awesome. Now, I know you said you grew up kind of being surrounded or, you know, mm -hmm. engaged with different arts and things like that. But yeah. when did you really notice, like you could like be an artist and design this stuff? Like, when did you know you're like pretty good at this? You know, it's a great question. I think for me, I've always been the type that like, oh, I can try that. You know, I see if somebody do something and, and I'm like, I'd like to try. It doesn't mean I'm going to do it better or, or, or you know, I, that, that looks neat. That looks fun. I'm going to give that a try. And this particular process came out of, uh, to be honest, I was watching uh, TikTok one day uh -huh. and there was an artist on TikTok that was doing a similar process, not the same, but similar. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, hang on, that looks real cool. I bet I could do that. And so I started out with just really, really basic ideas and, and, uh, and just kind of built on it and built on it and built on it. But I always joke that I don't, I'm not an artist. I'm a hack. I, I, like I said, I think it's just been a lifelong, I've always loved uh, design. I've always loved architecture. I've always loved, you know, mu music is a huge influence in my life. And so anything creative and artistic and, and, and getting that expression for me is, is so valuable. Um, and I think everybody expresses themselves in, in their own way. You know, um, I think everybody's got something that they love that it's just how do you get get that out of your system? And, and I, I guess I just figured out this was mine. And I guess it's also a nice break from the IT world. It absolutely is. You know, people always ask uh, when they know that I work in IT, they say, oh, are you a big gamer? Do you go home and build computers? I'm like, I get away from that stuff as much as I can. Same here. 
I, I just, I want something so rudimentary. I want something so basic. So um, that, that I don't have to go to that side of my brain. I can shut that side of my brain off and open up the other side that I feel like needs just as much nourishment. Yeah. Yeah. Totally understand. I work in AR and VR and uh, yeah. Yeah. So I just want to get away AR. from it. You know, absolutely. I don't even want to see my phone. Like just that's right. How do I break my brain from, from any of this? I mean, yeah, sure. I've got tons of electronics in my house and everything's wired up and all that, but to me, that's, it's more work. I don't want to work. You know, when I come home, I want to, want to breathe and I want to, you know, I want to, the idea of, of doing something like this is, is, is pretty cool. So what was your, uh, what was your first kind of commission paid opportunity? Uh, that's a great question. I think Chico was my, probably my first biggest commission. Mm-hmm. Um, he reached out to me really early on when I had done just one or two Charlotte FC paintings. And, uh, and Mr. La Muerta himself reached out and asked me to do him, and which was really intimidating because his, his mask, his costume has got a lot of detail. And so I was, I was intimidated and, and we've built a great relationship. I've done a number of pieces uh, for him since then. He, he had me do a piece, uh, two identical pieces of Danny Rios, one for himself, one to give to Danny. Uh, I've done a really large piece for, for Chico. Um, I think another, I think the, probably the most interesting commission early on was a guy said, you know that cartoon Futurama? I said, yeah. He goes, you know Bender? I said, uh-huh. He's like, can you know how we have Bender? I was like, uh-huh. He's like, can you do something with that? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sure. So I, I created a Bender Bender, um, you know, so that was a fun piece. So some of that stuff early on, th- those were sort of my out of the gate pieces. Yeah. Awesome. No, that's- that were not ones that I thought of that somebody else, you know, kind of kind of poked the bear on and wanted me to run with. Definitely. Yeah. And the names, they, they just come naturally, right? Makes sense. Captain. Yeah. Yeah. The names. Absolutely. Yeah. I try to, you know, I I guess I could just name it their name, but you know, it's like, well, fun is that, Uh, you know, let's do a little something with it. Um, You know, something a little bit more creative, just to add a little more life to it. If, if maybe people don't remember the moment or don't remember, you know, I try to make it somewhat descriptive of either the person uh, and, and in that moment or, or the match itself that it maybe was in. And some are more realistic and some are more like graphic novel type. So because you just decided to do different things. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I like to shake it up. I, I'm always trying to push myself in one way or the other. And, and when I'm not doing Charlotte FC pieces, I like to do, um, you know, stuff from maybe movies or stuff from, uh, or movie posters or like behind me here, I have one of the breakfast club and I've got, you know, and, and then I try to do stuff that's maybe a little bit more socially aware. And um, I, there's a, a, place called Tack Gallery down in Noda, where I've got a few pieces on the wall down there and where it's stuff that's maybe a little bit more socially, um, you know, uh, impactful or, or maybe a little bit more pop culture uh, referencing. So I'm always trying to find different avenues to, to go down because I don't want to limit, I, I don't, you know, as much as I love doing Charlotte FC pieces, I, I want to do pieces for me as well that, you know, something may strike me in the moment that I want to, I want to hit on. Right. So now kind of with, I see your website, it's got a lot of cool stuff. Are you going to start adding like those Panther pieces on there and things like that? 
Yeah, I, I plan on it. Um, you know, I think as we transition towards the end of the Charlotte FC season and, and beginning the Panthers season, I've been kind of dabbling in that just to test the water, see if anybody's interested in, in me going that route. Yeah. Uh, I've done a, a McCaffrey, a Steve Smith, uh, the, um, the the Luke Keekley and Greg Olson that I just finished. And it's, you know, again, it's the same idea and, and just continuing to look for commission work where you know, if somebody's got a unique idea or, or their kid or their dog or whatever, you know I mean? It's, right. For me, it's, it's the process a lot of times. I mean, the end product's cool, but it's the opportunity to go through the process and, and, and do all of it is, is a lot of fun. And like I said, I, I pepper in, uh, you know, stuff for me uh, as well, just so I can continue to love it. Uh, and it, I, I never want it to feel like a chore. I never want it to feel like a job. I always want it to feel like a, an opportunity for expression. Nice. Yeah. And uh, you said you grew up here in Charlotte. So you've been a Panthers fan. Were there any other soccer that you were following before we had? Absolutely. So I can actually tell you, I'm not a Panthers fan. Okay. Uh, My wife is. I am a Raiders fan. Yeah. Um, Became a a Raiders fan when I was a kid because we didn't have a team when I was growing up here. So most everybody was either an Atlanta fan, a Washington fan or a Dallas fan. And I didn't want anything to do with any of those. So, uh, so my cousin was a Raiders fan. I said, all right, I'm a Raiders fan. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I followed uh, Manchester United pretty closely for a number of years, which is tough to be a fan of them right now. Um, but honestly, you know, my, my focus has been so intently on Charlotte FC that I still catch scores and watch a match from time to time. But my, I I feel like, um, you know, with working all the time and, and painting and family, uh, right. the, the amount of time to focus that hard on multiple clubs is hard. Yeah. Um, but you know, so man, man, you was, a was, was sort of my team growing up. Awesome. All right. Well, we have a final section that we call stoppage time. Absolutely. So it's stoppage time. Yeah. You have a favorite personal ritual i'll say before every match if we're looking at charlotte fc wise before every match i i before i put my kit on i kiss the crests on my kit and put it on and then kiss the logo on my scarf and put it on it's always the same scarf always the whatever whatever color we're wearing that match i wear that kit and i have an associated scarf that goes with it for every match i do wash it nice. but, uh, but it is yeah, it is a that's that's pretty detailed ritual yeah. there. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you have a favorite unplugged activity? Uh, painting obviously is, is a huge one for me. And then uh, would you listen to music while you're playing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Music is always on. I kind of depends on the piece, depends on the mood, but I, my music tastes are, are very, very diverse. And so I love to be able to, you know, just find something that's got a nice rhythm to it and, and just kind of helps me vibe through that time. But, uh, but yeah, and obviously listening to music is, is so much fun for me. I love getting on, um, on YouTube and, and getting lost in a rabbit hole of, uh, of NPR tiny desk concerts or, um, or just finding new bands and stuff like that. That, that for me is kind of when I'm, I'm just sitting and chilling. That's a, that's a great, uh, thing for, I love dipping down and, and finding new music that I've never heard before and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun for me. Cool. Do you have a go-to snack? Uh, I'm gluten-free, but gluten-free pretzels and peanut butter is a, is a great go-to yeah, gluten-free pretzels are actually really they are. good. They're so good, and it's a great protein boost. I love it when I get hungry. That's a, a great go-to. Nice. Uh, this one's probably pretty easy for you. What design impresses you more, interior or exterior? You know, actually, that that's a really difficult question for me because I think that when they, it's always funny when they say don't judge a book by its cover, right? You see a mundane building with a with a fanciful interior, or you see something that's got a fanciful exterior and, a, and it's cube land inside, right? You just I'm attracted to the different, to the diverse, to the, to the imaginative. I think that's, uh, you know, something that's, 
that's clean and classic, but innovative. That's, that's kind of my, my and whether it's interior or exterior, you'll, you know, you'll notice that part you of You put it. me in like a mid-century modern living room with atomic era 1950s. And that's, I think that's incredible. Or you look at the outside of a structure like uh, they did with that UNCC building downtown that looks like it's staggered bricks and, you know, things like that. So I, I just, I want to see, I want to see you try, if that makes any sense. I want to see, uh, I want to see the effort put in to, to go places that are, are perhaps new and different. Nice. Okay. And uh, that's awesome. Do you find starting a project or finishing one more gratifying? I think once I've nailed down the idea, I find ending it more gratifying because you see, I see it in my head and I can envision it and I'm like, okay, I want, I want that to be now. Um, so that, that for me is there's, you know, how, so, you know, how some people watch those satisfying videos on YouTube and whatnot. For me, when I get to peel off that last stencil, uh, which is usually the white stencil, which usually kind of makes everything pop. When I get to peel that off, that is such a satisfying moment. Uh, when I finish the piece and you can step back from it and really, really uh, to see that you were able to accomplish what you, you, you envisioned. That's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Now, what do you do as soon as you finish? Do you like go to someone and say, Hey, come look um, like, this, like your wife. Someone that's a great question. Usually somebody's out here with me, usually either my kids or my wife are, are out here watching me um, or, or I'll have friends that like to come over and watch me work. But I usually just stand about six feet from it and nitpick for about five or 10 minutes and go, man, uh, next time I need to do this or, you know, I'm, I'm my own worst critic when it comes to that stuff. But then finally, I'll kind of go, you know, I think I pulled it off. I think I pulled it off. Yeah. And then I, I kind of find that moment of acceptance and, and all right, cool. And then, uh, and then I'll, I'll, you know, maybe ask my wife to come look at it or something like that. <laughs> well, I didn't ask this earlier, but like, what do you do when you mess up? Um, like, do you just start over yeah, sure. or you I'll, just I'll start either, that layer over? Uh, you know, if I can correct it, super. Um, if I can work it in, great. Um, if not, I'll chuck it uh, or I'll paint over it. Um, you yeah. know, I mean, it's... Go back to the previous yeah, layer. Yeah, I wish I could. Um, you know, <laughs> once the paint's there, the paint's there. So, I, you know, it... It happens and I'll, uh, you know, and that's the only time I really mess up with this stuff is if I'm impatient. And so it's a good reminder for me to slow down and enjoy the process versus trying to rush through to get it done. Kind of like the team. Exactly. They're a little, if they're a little patient, they're a little patient. that's right. There's a little patient, slow it down a little bit. They can build. That's right. All right. What recharges you? Uh, sleep. Uh, <laughs> um <laughs> No, you know, um, God, what does, I guess, uh, spending time with my kids is, is a good recharge for me and, uh, and, and music I, again, to, not to, not to beat a dead horse, but I think, but, and honestly doing this is, is yeah. a recharge for me, getting the opportunity to come out and do something I love will recharge me for a work day that I may not love the next day. Uh, so right. for me, it's that, that in itself, getting that satisfaction of, oh man, look what I did. Look what I, look what I finished. That, that, that gives me that, that boost. That I'm, I know that I'm affording myself the opportunity to do this because of what I did during the day and, and reminding myself, all right, you want to keep doing this, you got you to gotta put the grind in. Right, right. All right. If you were a current player on Charlotte FC, what player would you be most like? And this could be either position sure. or basically their demeanor. Yeah. Um, I, I tell you who I'd want to be like. I don't know who I would be like, but I'd want to be like the Bronicos and the Carujos. Just that quiet, head down, uh, uh, thankless, but grind, grind, grind. You know, these guys that 
that are in there to play every minute, to work hard, to, you know, you may not hear their name a lot, but it's because they don't screw up a lot. They're, they're in there right. and they're doing their job and they're doing it well. And they're, they're being, a, a, you know, an incredible teammate, an incredible uh, piece of the puzzle. That's where I, I feel like I'd like to be that in, in, in the surroundings that I'm in. Now, did you play soccer? A little bit back in the day. I, I have a couple of disabilities. I have a, a form of muscular dystrophy and I have a, um, a connective tissue disorder. Um, and so that made sports kind of tough, a lot of pain and stuff. So I tried there for a period of time, but then just uh, became a fan. Nice. Uh, so before we leave, can you want to do a little pitch so people sure. know where to go yeah. to get your stuff, where to follow you, that kind Absolutely. of stuff? Absolutely. So uh, so anytime you see Defend the Queen, that's that's me. Uh, so Defend the Queen and the number one on Twitter uh, because they cut me off one letter short. And then it's Defend the Queen QC on Instagram, Facebook. My website is aphillipscreative.square.site. You can buy originals there. You can buy uh, prints there. And uh, if you reach out to me, uh, there's contact me on there. If you are interested in a commission piece, um, I'm always up for new ideas. I'm always up to work with you to come up with something cool. And then uh, out of the supporters tailgate, I usually try to set up every home game uh, over near the Mint City Collective area. I've got uh, prints out there. I try to bring some of the most uh, recent originals. Um, just come by and chat. I love uh, I love doing it. I, I'm going to start to maybe start doing some live streams soon. I haven't fully worked out the details. It might be fun if people are interested in watching the process um, and and seeing how I do it. It's a lot of fun. And uh, but yeah, those are the easiest ways. And uh, and like I said, I just I, it's so great to get to meet uh, so many people as, as a part of the club and a part of the family. And um, oh oh, and um, I should have said this: uh, the soccer store. It's called Soccer Shop down in Pineville, uh, right near uh, Carolina Place Mall. It's uh, owned by an awesome, awesome supporter by the name of Oscar. Um, I take a lot of my originals out there, and he, I've got a gallery wall uh, down there in his soccer shop. You can buy them off the wall if you want to down there as well. So he's got the capability set up uh, down there. But uh, pretty much whenever I finish my originals, they're on display uh, down at the soccer shop in Pineville. Nice. And we will have all of those links and things in the episode notes, so you can just go right to them. Um, and Adam, appreciate your time. Thanks Absolutely. so much. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate it. Sure. The Charlotte FC podcast is hosted and produced by me, Nick Finelli. Audio editing and mixing by Eli Finelli. We really appreciate all who listen to our podcast. Please follow on your favorite podcast platforms. Five star rate us and share with someone you know. And of course, Follow and interact with us on Twitter and Instagram at CLTFC Podcast. You can visit our webpage to listen and learn more at charlottefcpodcast.com.